Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. And uh, we're doing about seven of these a day. Yes, we are. Having some fun with it. Austin's doing a fantastic job. Hope you're enjoying it. And we're getting so many requests. Yeah, we are. I'm sorry we're not going to get to them all. We'll take a look at them all. And I still want to deliver a winner to the best mock draft. Good luck with that. Austin kills them all. Yeah, good luck with that, Brent. So here we go. You ready? Well, let me just address some stuff real quick here. People are asking me, well, can you please release your mock drafts then so we can trash it? Listen, this is, this is where I'm coming from, Brent, okay? I enjoy the show here at ESPN 690. I, I have the time of my life on this show. I look forward to seeing Scott every once in a while. The last thing I want to do is post my mock draft, have Dave Caldwell see it, and have Dave Caldwell and Shad Khan give me a call and be forced to offer me a job because my mock draft is so good. It's so off the charts where it's like, Austin, we don't know how you did it, but we got to bring you in for a full-time job. I don't want to do that, Brent. That's why I don't post my mock I don't draft. want to see that happen either. Oh, we, uh, yeah. It would be, be bad news for everybody except the Jacksonville Jaguars who would obviously be on top. All right. Well, I do think you have a mock draft for tomorrow, right? I do. I'll, I'll go and post one tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You yeah. got to do it tomorrow. And well, then I mean, we, uh, you, you, I already have it. Yeah. So yeah. you can post it tomorrow yep. and we can shock your mock yep. Friday. And then someone just suggested, can we shock Dave Caldwell's mock? <laughs> Listen to that. Or real draft. That's a little bit on my Friday. pay grade. Right? Doesn't this that happen is, every year? This is so... <laughs> I mean, this He's is still ESPN 690 Jack, so I still got to see that man, okay? <laughs> I don't have to see all you people every single day, so. All right, let's we'll finish up these two. We got an interview with Jordan Rogers coming up here in this hour as well. I want to get to Dak Prescott for a moment, yep. how it pertains potentially to Yannick Ngakwe's situation. So, uh, all that coming up on the way, but let's finish off these. Who do we have? Uh, number six on mock our mock draft. draft. Number six going out to Dominique Siebert. Um, at Dom, Dom. What's up? At DomJS2 on Twitter. Prefaces by saying this in the mock draft. And I quote, not making this up, I know this one sucks because I didn't address your beloved defensive line until the back half of the draft. But the value was not there, and considering what fell to me, I think I made up for it from a BPA standpoint. Ooh, someone learned some draft terms, BPA. Let's see what you got. Number nine, Isaiah Simmons. Brent, there's a possibility. There's a slim chance that Isaiah Simmons falls to Jacksonville, and I agree with Dominique here where if, if he falls, you cannot not take him. So I like that one for sure. Number 20. Not sure if this mock draft came out after the Leonard Fournette trade rumors or before, but regardless, guess what? Spoiler alert, it kind of sucks. DeAndre Swift <laughs> going number 20 in the first round. Is DeAndre Swift a first-round caliber guy? Maybe a bit. At number 20, I can see if the Jaguars trade back, but I cannot see him going number 20. So I don't like that pick at all. T. Higgins coming at number 42. You know how I feel about him. Kyle Duger, not Duggar. Duger, by the way, I think. It is Duger. I think it's Duggar. Is it Duggar? I don't know. Whatever it is. It looks um, like Duggar. Yeah, I, th- I think but it's Duggar. People though. love this it's guy. It's Duggar now. <laughs> it's Duggar now that I said so. But no, we actually interviewed this guy um, at yeah. the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um, kind of a guy from. Lenore Ryan, I asked him where that is, and I can't remember because, honestly, <laughs> never heard of Lenore Ryan, 
but what I know about this guy? Super, like, like all good interviews, we weren't listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but super athletic guy, a heavy hitter, you know, the prototypical safety spot. I make an argument and say I pick number 73. Once again, the Jaguars, I'm not worried from the safety position, so I don't mind that at all. But let's go to the real the real story. We got, you know, Ben Ben Barge from St. John's at number pick 116. Solomon. Is, is, this, is this Gene Smith? Oh, wow, Brent. If it was, we have Austin Lane on there. Lord Ryan, yeah, St. John's, John's back-to-back basketball? Picks. What are we doing here? But here's my biggest issue, and, and the, the listener and the guy that submitted this mock draft alluded to it. Okay, if you think that your mock draft sucks, then guess what? You don't need me to tell you that it sucks because you kind of slammed yourself. But I'll go ahead and slam you anyways. Kenny Wilkes, defensive end, Michigan State pick number 140. Outside guy, not going to play inside. You're going to address the three technique at pick 189, Khalil Davis out of Nebraska. The three technique is Probably the top two of the biggest needs for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't care that, you know, there wasn't value there. You couldn't make it work. That's what makes great GMs. You take a chance, you make it work, you get the job done. You don't come here on ESPN 690 saying your mock draft sucks and then have me reassure you that, yes, indeed, it in fact does suck. So, Dominique Siebert, you know it, I know it, our listening audience definitely knows it. Your mock draft Sucks. All right, man. Last one, Brent. Can we end on a good note? Can we end on a good note? We've got a decent chance. Can we end on a positive note? Probably not. Let's go to the biggest thing off the get go. Let's go to the biggest thing. Is that Delpit guy's name in here? No. <laughs> okay. Not. So we're off to a fantastic start already, Matthew. And by the way, Matthew Rank. Rock, hard, that's CK, hard, hard on that, right? Is that Dutch? Uh, I would say it's rank. Is yeah. that rock? Okay, so we got Matthew. Uh, and you know what, man? I, I like your Abby picture. Looks great. Looks like you and a, a significant other, if you will. Uh, could be a girlfriend, could be a fiance, could be a wife. Beautiful picture of you guys. It pains me to to shock this mock because you guys look so happy in this picture. So going to go ahead and scroll down a little bit and edit you out here. And here we go. So Javon came on number nine. You know how I feel about him. Uh, I'm basically echoing myself. I know, man. It's just rough around the edges. Pick number 20, Jeff Gladney. Brent, your thoughts on Jeff Gladney from TCU? I like him. You know, Gladney's good. I I did a lot of homework on these corners. I like the length he's got. It's not bad. It just seems high for him. I feel like you might be able to get him a little bit later. I don't know. Listen, play a lot of football. One thing keep an eye on with the Jags, and that's kind of where like I might have gone wrong even with the Trevon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Is he, he's a little raw there mm-hmm. and green there. And a guy like Gladney's been playing it, played a lot of football, a lot of games. So I think the Jags usually like that. Dave Caldwell, if you go back and look at his picks, he usually likes that unless it's just supreme talent. Yeah, he's, he's not Christian Fulton to me, but you know what, number 20? I'm not mad at that. You know why? Because you addressed the two needs. You addressed interior defensive line, and you addressed the cornerback position. So far, so good. But now here's where we kind of take a turn for the worse. KJ <laughs> Hammer? Hammer? Hammer, yeah. KJ Hamler. Hamler. I, I can't read because it's, it's a small screen, dude. All right, can't. KJ Hamler, wide receiver out of Penn State. People like this guy. They like him, but here's the problem, Brent. This is a slot specialist, okay? You got D.D. Westbrook, I feel like, and you have a guy in Gruden who could possibly bring out the best in D.D. Westbrook. You're literally wasting the 42 pick 
on a slot guy when you don't need it. Need it. I need an outside guy. I need a Michael Pittman. I need a T. Higgins. Or else I just need a burner. Somebody like that. But you wasted it on a slot guy. Matthew, I don't know if you or your fiance went to Penn State. Not sure if there's ties there. I have nothing against Penn State. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Paul. Can't pronounce his last name, so I call him Puzz. He's a great guy from Penn State. Allen Robinson. Okay, Allen Robinson from Penn State. Another wide receiver, by the way. But I cannot come with you and taking a slot receiver whose name is not Tyreek Hill or Andy Isabella with the number 42 pick. So, unfortunately, I'm not a big fan of that. Rest on the board, Jacob Eason, pick 116. Kind of weird. What are you trying to prove, Matthew? Are you, try- <laughs> you trying to say something? Are, are you not a Jaguars fan right now? What are you trying to say about Gardner Minshew, man? He listens to the show. I don't want him to hear this, but guess what? Matthew Rock, you are getting called out right now, and people know about you, so watch your back. So with that being said, man, Jacob Beeson, 116, can't stand it. Taking a slot, pick number four, two, pick 42, can't stand it. So with that being said, and with all due respect to that lovely picture that you have in front of me, Matthew Rank, or Rank, or whatever with the CK, your mock draft. S-U-C-K sucks. That'll do it. That'll put a bow on Shock Your Mock for another day. we got one more day of it tomorrow. People want to keep sending them in. They want this abuse by you. And by the way, you are sweating. I'm drenched, man. I mean, you are absolutely I'm very clear. I did not want to see Dilpit's name anymore. I thought I was very clear yeah, on Only that. once this time. Oh, thank gosh. I know. But yeah, I'm the heart rate's at about 170 <laughs> right now. Um, I am in the red zone, not in the good way. This is like intense. In I know, man. It's really intense. Well, I'm passionate. What can I say? Alright, we're going to have a Jordan Rodgers interview coming up in a little bit. He hit on a bunch of things. Mitchu, he hit on uh, the wide receivers. Before we get to that, mm-hmm. a guy that we haven't talked about a lot, but the national folks talk all the time because they love the Cowboys, is Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I think of it like the Yannick Ngakwe situation. And it's hard for me to say, if I pose the question like this, who has the right to be more angry, upset, mad at the organization right now? Ngakwe or Prescott? Hmm. And yet, despite the party that he potentially had, Prescott has been very quiet on the front of the contract. There's been a little report here or there, even going back to last year. Remember, we wanted $40 million, $33 whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Heck, then all of a sudden, you see some of these guys getting paid, and you're like, you know what? Maybe it wasn't that far off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Amari Cooper got paid. Ezekiel Elliott got paid. Mm-hmm. Where I, I think Dak Prescott has a beef. What I'm trying to say is, in relationship to, to Jan, it's interesting. Because what we've said this week, and what we've said a lot, Jan, maybe let's give him if if he's he's fringe top ten, we'll mm-hmm. give him top fifteen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But fringe top ten pass rusher in the league. Mm-hmm. I would say Dak Prescott's fringe top ten quarterback in the league. Yeah, wouldn't you? Uh, that's generous. I give you. Now, listen, there's more pass rushers than quarterbacks that play. Well, so, keep in mind, when we say pass rushers or edge rushers, I mean, that's the 3-4 outside linebacker as well as a defensive yeah. end. So, so the, 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 there's a lot more options uh, than Correct. 32 quarterbacks. Correct. I just, even if you said fringe top eight yeah. in terms of Prescott, how will you feel about him? I just think he might have the bigger beef, yet he's been very quiet for the most part on the front, especially in relationship to Jan. Yeah. You know, he's got to be frustrated as well. You yeah. know, so I well, got me thinking a little bit today about that situation, and it, it, it just, to me, it, it hammers home that obviously Jan has not handled this 
the greatest of ways. And I think the best example of that is nothing's been done. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the best example. Why is it Prescott kicking and screaming and, and, and making uh, headlines in the Big D? So to answer your question, first of all, who has a right to be more upset? Who has a right to create more controversy, go on Twitter, call people out? Well, let me ask you this question. Yannick Ngakwe or Dak Prescott? You take one of those guys off the team, who's it going to hurt more? So my point is, if you take Yannick Ngakwe off the Jacksonville Jaguars, how much does it hurt them going forward? If you take Dak Prescott off the excuse me, if you take Dak Prescott out of the Dallas Cowboys right now, how much does that hurt him going forward? To me, the answer is clear. If you lose your starting quarterback, you're in trouble. Okay, so to me, Dak Prescott should be a lot more upset now with how things have transpired over Yannick Ngakwe. Now, listen, if you're Yannick Ngakwe, are you upset that Miles Jack got paid? Maybe, you know, because obviously some of that money could have went to your pocket. So you're probably not the most pumped on it. But if you're Dak Prescott, you sat back and you watched Ezekiel Elliott get paid. You sat back and watched Amari Cooper get paid. And you're still begging for that paycheck. You're still begging for that new contract. So if I'm Dak Prescott, man, I'm irate. But here's the problem. Well, there's two problems, Brent. Number one, it's how much he's asking for, right? Dak Prescott wants to be like the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. The problem is Dak Prescott is not the highest you know, ranked quarterback in the NFL. Okay, we just said it. He's probably a top 15 guy, maybe in the 10, but probably top 15. So I get why he would be upset, but you have to keep it in terms of reality, man. Okay. You don't deserve to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, even though every single year there's inflation and everything. You just don't. And also, keep in mind, Brent, it's the double standard of the NFL quarterback. NFL quarterbacks don't go on Twitter. NFL quarterbacks don't go on Twitter and call it management. NFL quarterbacks don't do interviews and say, well, they better pay me because you know, I'm going to cause some tension. They don't do that, okay, because they're leaders. They're generals, and generals don't do that. So with that being said, I think Dak Prescott has a right to be upset, but at the same time, the du- the double standard is going to dictate that he shouldn't be. Yeah, it's it's interesting in that sense. Uh, you just even in that situation, if it wasn't coming directly from Dak, I get it. Listen, Dak Prescott's not going to go on Twitter and say this thing. He's yeah. not going to go attack Jerry Jones on Twitter. I, I don't think you're going to see that. Heck, we've hardly seen that from anybody. That's yeah. why Jan became such a headline Which on is, Monday. But kind of ironic because Jerry Jones has attacked Ezekiel Elliott when he goes a Zeku, you know? Yeah. Like, and, so he's and, done well, that. there's some thought, too, is how much does Jerry Jones like Dak Prescott? Mm-hmm. You know, how much is... You know, if, if a Tony Romo were in this situation years ago, who would he have taken care of first? You know, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. You know, so uh, listen, what people don't want to hear is I think Dak Prescott's done a way better job than I ever thought he was going to do. Uh, they don't mind hearing that part, but I mean, ring that bell. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. But I also don't know if he's the guy leading me to a Super Bowl. Hmm. And those are the tough questions you have to ask. Now, what's on the other side of that? See, that's where teams get stuck. It's like, okay, I'm not sure he's the guy that's going to lead us to the promised land, but he's. Like way better than eighty percent of the other players that we could have here. Yeah. And we got a better chance of going there with him. So do we roll the dice and spend thirty five million a year? That's the tough predicament I think teams are in. They're in that they were in that with Jared Goff. Goff yeah. did it, got him there, and well now look at that contract. You know? I mean they were you, you kinda got put into that situation here in Jacksonville, uh, with Bortles. You didn't have to go there, but he had gotten you to the AFC championship game. Kinda got put in that situation with Foles. Didn't really, has never shown it, but he was a free agent coming off a big year mm-hmm. and, or, you know, the Super Bowl in recent history and available. 
So it's Look. it's teams get stuck in that spot, but then you're stuck big time with those kind of contracts. Well, and this kind of comes full circle when we talk about the running back position. Obviously, you paid Ezekiel Elliott a lot of money. He's the highest paid running back right now in the NFL, correct, Brett? Uh, well, actually, what's his name? Just uh, uh, McCaffrey oh, just sorry, got yeah, him. McCaffrey just got him. But, but, yeah. So he's the second highest paid. Regardless, I mean, he's... Until a week ago. Yeah, he's making a lot of money. With that being said, Brent, can you tell me when the last time the leading rusher in the NFL, or even maybe a top three leading rusher in the NFL, won a Super Bowl? I'm looking at the list right now. I would say... And, let me, let me, well, let me try to guess. Good luck, because I can't find one. <laughs> go Emmitt ahead. Smith, you have to go back to Emmitt Smith back in the late 90s. Good call. Yeah, so 93, they won in 93, 92, whenever it was. So Emmett Smith was the leading rusher in 91, 92, 93, 94, 95. So in that time period, I'm pretty sure they, they won one of those. Yeah. I would say. I okay. think they did. Okay. So early mid-90s, last time a leading rusher has been, won a Super Bowl, that's my point. Okay, where I get it. You had to pay Zeke Elliott, man. Like his his productivity, his talent, you drafted him where you drafted him. You had to pay Ezekiel Elliott. But if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm thinking about this right now. I'm thinking about, well, you want to put all the chips in Ezekiel Elliott's basket, and that's great, but what about me, man? Okay, if we go to the Super Bowl, it's going to be on my arm and not Ezekiel Elliott's legs. Yeah, maybe we get to the playoffs, and maybe we go to an NFC Championship game, but we don't win a Super Bowl without me. So with that being said, does Dak Prescott deserve to get paid? I absolutely think he does. I'm not sure if Jerry Jones likes him or not. It doesn't really matter, man. Dak Prescott has put up decent numbers. And if you have a decent quarterback with a decent talent around him, you get the job done, okay? Nick Foles was a decent quarterback in Philadelphia. He got the job done, okay? Sometimes all you need is decent. Joe Flacco was a decent quarterback, won a Super Bowl. So with that being said, to me, you have to pay Dak Prescott because the last thing you want to do is try to justify paying Ezekiel Elliott all that money and then having to re-up on a quarterback position, go looking for one when you have that running back already paid up. All right, a couple of newsy items uh, coming out uh, just now. Uh, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, golf match is on. Will you watch? When is it? Um... Hold on. Yeah. Bit. I mean, I'll probably I'll, I'll check a, it out. It's going to be a live for TV uh, event. Nah, I just lost it. All right. So I'll g- give me the names again here. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady. And Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning. So is it like a pro-am? It'll take place in May. No, nah, uh, I remember when Tiger and uh, Phil had like that $10 million match last year. Of course. So I think it will be partly like that. It's two against two. Uh, it'll be on uh, TNT, I believe. Yes. Uh, well, unclear the exact date, May 15th, May 24th are, are likely dates. All proceeds from the event will go to multiple charities, including COVID-19 relief. The matchup is believed to be Tiger and Brady against Phil and Peyton. Okay, there we go. That was my next question. Uh, it, uh, one source said it will be at Medalist Golf Club in uh, here in the state of Florida. And uh, Woods is a member there. So I guess there's still some details to be worked out. But who do you like between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning at golf? Who wins that matchup? Mm. I bet Brady finds a way. <laughs> That's what you're going with? Yeah, I mean. Okay. I fair, okay. Uh, if you talk about winning, deflate, I'm not. Only if they could deflate the golf ball. I was going to say, man, you won't find a way somehow. <laughs> if you talk about winning, 
in anything, I think I'll lean toward Brady. Okay. And I usually lean toward Tiger. Okay. I think the money will be on those two guys. Peyton Manning's a competitor, though, man. He's a cerebral assassin. He is. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the other thing, Red Sox penalized by the MLB for sign-stealing. Boston will lose their 2020 second-round pick, and the league has banned Alex Cora through the 2020 playoffs. Replay operator J.T. Watkins is also banned through 2021 Oof. as a result of the investigation into the sign-stealing scandal. Hey, get a hold of your team, Brent Martineau, okay? Well, what, what's still unclear, and maybe I have to read a little bit more on it, is how much did he bring that to the Red Sox, and how much is he still being punished from being with Houston? Sure. Because he was a bench coach then. Yeah. Uh, so that is uh, unclear because I just saw a headline, and that's it. Uh, but I'll update you more on that Uh if there's anything new on that front. Hey, when we come back, I catch up with Jordan Rogers about Gardner Minshew, about some of the SEC talent. He's on the SEC network. He's not just a bachelor, bachelor winner. <laughs> uh, and also a little short stint here in Jacksonville. We'll have that. Plus, to finish up the show, Percy Harvin. Yeah. Let's come out of retirement. Would you be interested? And why the Jags will not be and might have made a mistake in sharing how they want their culture to be. Mm. We'll talk about it next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jaren Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Welcome back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 here on NFL Draft Eve. Getting all fired up. We're about, uh, let's see, do the math, do the math, less than 27 hours away. A reminder, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, CBS 47 and Fox 30, we will have a one-hour show on TV to get you set for the draft. That'll be on CBS 47 and Fox 30. On Thursday night and Friday night at 11.15, we'll have post-draft shows for 15 minutes on CBS 47 and Fox 30. And then, of course, on Saturday and Sunday, Action Sports Jacks Primetime, 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.30 on CBS 47, heavily draft-related. How did the Jags do will be the topic. So we got you covered on the TV side. Meanwhile, on the radio side, here on ESPN 690, ESPN's broadcast of the 2020 NFL Draft will take place right here starting tomorrow night, actually at 7 o'clock. So uh, you can listen all weekend long to the draft right here on ESPN 690. So uh, a lot of places around uh, the country, a lot of local sports have ramped down during the pandemic. Uh, uh, Happy to say and and thankful that uh, ours has kind of ramped up and uh, we've got plenty of coverage for you of the 2020 NFL Draft coming up over the next few days. All right, caught up with Jordan Rogers. When I say Jordan Rogers, you think? Uh, the Bachelor. Yeah. I guess. Or Aaron Rodgers' brother. Aaron Rodgers' brother. Or, or uh, Jags QB. Yeah, or a teammate that I had here for a little bit that I <clears throat> kind of forgot about. <laughs> well, but you were, I think yeah. that year, you didn't finish the 2013 year. I did not. So, so he was on his way in when I was going out. Yeah, and Correct. he didn't last that long either. Correct. Uh, really was here for a few months and was cut, I think, right before camp yeah because of an injury Mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about that we talked about the sec and the talent we talked about which direction the jaguars would go especially if it was wide receiver we talked a little bit about gardner Minshew as well my conversation this week with former nfl quarterback and current sec analyst jordan rogers i'll say hello to jordan rogers you know he started his nfl career right here in jacksonville it's just a few months but it seems like forever ago probably for you jordan yeah, not great memories. Uh, first day of OTAs, I uh, tore my groin. So uh, thanks for bringing that up. 
<laughs> Way to get the conversation rolling. Uh, uh, you've had a lot of fun since then, though. I know that. Uh, what do you look at in this draft? Uh, you had the experience, of course, of, of going through this whole process years ago. But uh, this draft is loaded. You cover the SEC, and obviously the SEC is always loaded with talent. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think from a receiver standpoint, the SEC has – you know, some headliners, the offensive line guys will be interesting to see how early they go off the board, like a Jedrick Willis from Alabama. Could he go as high as four to the Giants or what's going to happen there? But but obviously it's the quarterbacks. Um, and I think this is interesting because more so than any year, there's going to be mistakes made um, at quarterback, at every other position, because, look, GMs and scouts rely heavily on seeing these players in person, and they couldn't do that. Uh, in the manner that they wanted to. They couldn't bring guys in for visits, and, and normally all these quarterbacks and everybody would have visits into multiple um, multiple teams. They didn't have pro days. And especially the quarterback, when you evaluate, you see what you see on film, and then you want to see in person. You want to see the ball come out of a guy's hands. You want to see how he spins it, how tight that ball is spinning. These are things that are very important if you play in a windy city if you play in cold weather, how you spin the football is incredibly important. You can't see that on film. Uh, these are things that you need in order to evaluate quarterbacks. So I think this is going to be interesting to see how many people are scared away from Tua's hip. Because if Tua's healthy, I might put him above Joe Burrow. I think they're 1A one, one and 1A. One and one they're so close. But right now it seems like it's Joe Burrow and everybody else because Tua and that hip injury. I guess it's a million-dollar question, right? I mean, because of what you just said, uh, Tua is the most fascinating player. I think the Jags are actually the most fascinating team in the draft. I know the Dolphins have a lot of picks, too, but I think Tua is the most yeah. fascinating player, and I think everybody would agree. Now, that could end in the first hour if somebody takes him yeah. in the top five, but he could be one of those sliders, too, depending on everything you say. How do you view him? Take the injury aside. I mean, how good is this guy? How good is Burrow, for that matter, as well, long-term in the NFL? Yeah, I think Tua is exceptional. Uh, and how quickly we forget a year ago, we're talking about him being one of the best prospects of all time. I mean, when you look at it, there, there's, I always look for things you can't coach. You can't really coach accuracy. You're either accurate or you're not. Yes, you can become better at that and the more familiar you are with an offense, knowing where your answers are, where to go with the football. But he has an unbelievable uh, amount of accuracy that you can't coach. His ability to manipulate the defense, you can't coach that either. Guys either have the innate ability to look off, to, to move defenders, or you don't. He does that better, I think, than anybody I've ever evaluated. And, and, and then there's, there's things like the ability to get the ball up and down. I mean, yes, it's great to throw a ball through a brick wall. But when you can throw with touch and accuracy, as Burrow and Tua do better than anybody, that's something that you have to be able to do at the next level. You have to be able to put it up and over linebackers, get the ball into the second level. So I think – Tua is as good as Burrow, and I'll say this. The one thing that separates them to me, outside of obviously the hip injury, let's put that aside right now, if they're both healthy, healthy, is Tua's ability to throw off platform. He doesn't need his feet to be in the, in the right direction. He doesn't need to be stepping into a throw. He can have his feet facing one direction, and he can rip one three-quarters arm 30, 40 yards downfield. Burrow doesn't exactly do that. Now, you don't have to do that at the next level. Tom Brady doesn't do that. Uh, the same way that Aaron Rodgers does. But it is something that you look at and you wonder, can Joe Burrow translate the system that he was in last year to the NFL? Because I think too too many people right now are saying we're forgetting about 2018. Joe Burrow 
in five games against top 30 defenses in 2018, completed 52% of his passes, 169 yards a game, zero passing touchdowns in five games and four interceptions. And then all of a sudden, 2019, Joe Brady comes in, a completely new offense. They're running five-man quick protection 80% of the time versus 18% of the time in 2018. And all of a sudden, it's a different Joe Burrow. So is that the guy that we're going to see at the next level? Or is it somewhere in between? I think that's the question that I'm looking forward to be answered. Yeah, it's a great question, too. You have to go way back in the history books on all these guys, not just a year ago. And LSU was such an outlier. Heck, you look at great cornerbacks in, in this draft, and they struggled against LSU receivers because totally. their offense was so good. Speaking of receivers, the Jaguars could help Gardner Minshew out here. They could use some playmakers. They just let go of Marquise Lee again uh, yesterday, and they're pretty thin at that spot if you look long term. So how do you see the receiver group shaking out? Uh, who is your favorite? I know Judy and Lamb and Ruggs are all on the top of everybody's list. Jefferson is climbing boards, and then there looks like separation. How do you see it? And if you're at the, if you had the pick of the litter at number nine for the Jags, who would be the guy you'd take if you were going wide receiver? Yeah, I think those four guys, I think there's two distinct categories that put those two guys in. Um, oftentimes, we fall in love with the physicality of a receiver, a C.D. Lamb. I mean, he's a monster. Right. I mean, he's going to go up and get the football. He's physically imposing. And I think in the, in a different light, you look at Henry Ruggs and being so physically gifted and so fast, you fall in love with that. But as a quarterback, I want the best route runner, hands down, end of story. I want the best route runner. And Jerry Judy is the best route runner I have maybe ever seen in college. He's definitely the best route runner in this draft. And where does that translate? Look, you can always be bigger and more physical and jump over somebody. But in the NFL, a guy that's open is a separation of what? One, two feet, maybe, right? A great route runner is going to take that one to two foot separation and he's going to make it one to two yards. And that's the difference for a guy like Gardner Minshew, who's a young quarterback, a talented quarterback. He needs guys that can get open. And Jerry Judy is an athletic freak. And he's an unbelievable route runner. So I would say Jerry Judy is number one on my board for yeah, sure. He might be there for the Jacksonville Jaguars if they want to go that way at nine. All right, two more real quick, and then I'll let you run. I know you've had a busy morning. But uh, Gardner Minshew, what's your take from a quarterback perspective? Uh, the guy's not as big as everybody, doesn't have the rifle arm, sixth-round pick. But here he is. He's about as fun as you can get. Uh, personality-wise, he's a he's a national phenomenon, so to speak. And the Jags look like they're riding with him in 2020. Can this guy make it? Can he be the guy here in Jacksonville in the NFL? I think he absolutely can. I think really what you're seeing in the last five years or so is that we're breaking that that physical stereotype that we need quarterbacks to fall into. You don't need to do that uh, in this day and age. You can you can create an offense to fit any skill set. And I, I think there were a lot of question marks, including myself. When I looked at Gardner Minshew or when we look at Anthony Gordon this year coming out of that system, that Mike Leach system, does that translate? Well, you know what translates accuracy? Being able to throw a ball on time, playing with a suddenness, which is one of my favorite things to evaluate as a quarterback. Gardner, Gardner Minshew plays with a suddenness. And what I mean by that is when he gets his first read or second read and someone's covered, it's the blink of an eye that he flips his hips and lets go of the football and gets to his next read. Those are things you can't coach. So I absolutely think that Gardner Minshew can be built around. He needs another weapon. That's why I would love to see the Jags grab a receiver early. They got picks to do so because I think you can build around him. And, and also, 
the things you can't put on paper or the things you can't see on film go a long way. And trust me, there's antics, the jorts, the mustache, the headbands. But his teammates, they freaking love it. I mean, he's a guy that that locker room loves him some Minshew. And that is something that you can't measure, you can't see on film, but absolutely has an effect on a franchise in a positive way. So I think they will and can build around him, at least for next year. Even if they draft a quarterback, it's going to be Minshew. And it should be Minshew. If they draft a quarterback, it should not be to start him next year. Let him develop. But I think Minshew's got a lot of moxie and a lot of future, a big future, if they can build around them for sure. Good stuff. We usually do these Zoom calls and these uh, interviews all about football. But, but when we have you on, man, you know where it's going some way or another. Bachelor, bachelorette. My wife's like, how's JoJo doing? <laughs> hey, ask him how JoJo's doing. I mean, that's all anybody wants to know. They don't ask about you, do they? It's a crazy world, I tell you what. I mean, the amount of people that come up to us, the amount of grown men that I'm like, oh, this has got to be a football guy. This is an SEC guy. He goes, Hey, uh, my wife makes me watch, but uh, love The Bachelor. And I'm like, it's unbelievable. Uh, we're great. Uh, JoJo's great. Um, you know, we live here in Dallas. We just built a home in the last uh, couple months, so we're still kind of getting settled. Now that we can't go anywhere, we have a lot of time to decorate the house. So I'm uh, learning a new skill set as we speak. Hey, good <laughs> stuff, man. Thanks for appeasing us on The Bachelor and Bachelorette stuff. For uh, sure, man. All stuff. Continued success with the SEC Network and everything you're doing. Thanks for taking some time, man. Thanks a lot. Wow, that is uh, Jordan Rogers, uh, former Jags quarterback for uh, a couple of months, bachelor, bachelorette winner, and still engaged to JoJo. My wife's like, why aren't they married yet? Yeah. Yeah. You it's know. not a slow play. It's By the good. way, those grown men that he's talking about? Yeah. I got one of them I work with in the office that all he talks about is that. I can't imagine, man. I, uh, I cannot imagine. I have very little respect for him because of it. See, uh, this is why no one can ever make fun of me about watching professional wrestling. Because at least I know it's scripted, and at least I know, like, you know, it's predetermined. Dude, The Bachelor's the same way, except we're not watching athleticism. We're just watching drama. drama. I don't need that. Drama? I don't need it, man. Uh, well, it turned out okay for Jordan Rodgers. It did. So, uh, yes. good stuff on the football side again. He's an analyst for SEC Network, so knew a lot of the SEC guys. Uh, ABC, ESPN, NFL Network combining for the NFL Draft starting tomorrow night. Uh, their coverage uh, gets going, of course, uh, 8 o'clock. They've really had coverage all week long. But to also be an NFL Draft-a-thon. Talk about that a little bit more tomorrow with some local groups being uh, at least there'll be funds raised for groups that will be locally impacted I guess is the best way to say it they're actually national groups or it's a Red Cross or Meals on Wheels but they do have local affiliations uh, that could be touched by what the NFL is trying to do with their draft-a-thon so a little bit more on that uh, coming up tomorrow Brent Martineau Austin Lane as we wrap up uh, the eve of the 2020 NFL draft and uh, a couple things before we get out of here. Percy Harvin. Yeah. The video of him says he wants to come out of retirement. There was there were some whispers of this months ago anyway, I think. And now we see some video coming out. And of course, uh, well, everybody's going to want to come out of retirement, go to the Bucks, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Percy Harvin. Still got anything left? Uh, is he worth a flyer? He's had some issues uh, his entire career. Mm -hmm. Off the field, in the locker room. Uh, he's dealt with some things with migraines, dealt with some injuries. Supremely talented. Uh, one of the best to ever wear a Gator uniform, electric, and probably doesn't get enough credit for being as electric as he was. Any interest? So here's the thing, man. You know, like, 
they released it on Twitter today, and I saw him running slow motion up. Uh, it looked like a stadium, but he's like running it up. It was in like the swamp, the, I think. Yeah, yeah. swamp. But like, hey man, you're Percy Harvin. Okay, you're one of the best dynamic players in Florida Gator history. Go run on the field. Don't run up a tunnel and don't run up like stairs. What I need to see from Percy Harvin is I need to see Percy Harvin run on a football field with somebody holding a stopwatch for 40 yards and saying, this is his time. Okay, like to me, getting all excited about a guy running up an incline outside, it does nothing for me. Now, when Percy Harvin was playing, yes, he, he was he was a great player, very dynamic, quick. I mean, you know, when he was healthy, he was great in Seattle. But I don't know. I can't go off of an incline video, Brent. I, I simply cannot do it. Do I think you saw something in the tank? Possibly, but it has to go to a, a, a proper culture, obviously, because I think his time in the NFL left a lot of management play, you know, management people, a lot of players with a bad taste in their mouth. So with that being said, it has to be for the right team. Yeah, and the right team is probably not the Jacksonville Jaguars Correct. at this, this juncture. The right team is, well, all the good teams, right? Seattle, Kansas City, mm-hmm. Bucks. You know, I mean, it, it's it's like the rich get richer with guys like this, potentially. But it's also they take on a bunch of risk. The spinoff question here when it comes to the Jaguars is this. When it comes to the draft, when it comes to a guy like Percy Harvin, if you were interested, mm-hmm. have the Jaguars cornered themselves by saying they kind of want to clean out the image of the locker room. They want to clean things out and, and not deal with the drama. Well, I'm not saying Percy Harvin would bring the drama but at times he has brought the drama to locker rooms so do you automatically just say hey i'm out i'm not even interested even though he could be a, a high risk reward guy could be pretty inexpensive and could still be a dynamic player that could help a young football team same thing to go with the draft everybody has red flags on guys whether it's their something in their their uh, off the field or uh, injury related there's always red flag guys mm-hmm. but have the jags red flagged more guys this year because of their intent to lose the drama and not bring that into the locker room as they try to rebuild this thing have they put themselves in a bit of a corner i think they almost have i mean they obviously have because you can't go back now right like you, you made the moves that show like listen you're trying to turn over a new leaf we've seen what happens when you loosen up on the reins a little bit and whether it's going to be Doug Marone or Dave Caldwell in the future, or whether this is like their swan song and their last year here in Jacksonville, if you're, you know, Shad Khan, you have to make sure that regardless of what happens this year, that the proper channels are in place, that the proper pieces are in place to have a good culture going forward, regardless of how many wins you have this up and coming season. So with that being said, it kind of does shut the door a little bit, Brent, on guys like Percy Harvin, guys that have maybe gotten trouble in the past. To me, it shuts the door on them just because you're, you're starting from scratch again, okay? Because you let go of Clayus Campbell, you let go of AJ Boy, two guys who kind of did things the right way, and you're starting in new and the last thing you want to do is add some kind of old trouble into the mix for the jacksonville jaguars yeah and i think uh that's the deal you know let's be honest the cincinnati Bengals probably don't ask add this guy either you know they're not ready mm-hmm. you know the arizona cardinals might not ask add this guy even though they might take a big jump this year given some of their weapons they have and quite frankly they don't really need them although they could say you want that rugs type of deal? If you want to add one more piece, I mean, Harvin might make sense there. Go put him next to Fitzgerald. Sure. He'll babysit him. Yeah, you know, so maybe that does make sense. But I, I just don't feel like they're that. He he's more of okay. Let's give us one more piece. Exactly. You know, and uh, obviously the Jaguars are not there. 
Uh, but it's interesting, and I just think the Jags have to be a little careful. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go all the way back to what Dave Caldwell said when he first started this thing years ago, he said we we're not going to have fifty two at the time, but you can say fifty three angelic players. It's a great quote. It, it basically saying, hey, we'll take some risks. You got to take some risks. You can't have that was coming off the Gene Smith days where it was captains and choir boys pretty much, you know. But in hindsight now. They got themselves in trouble, too, with some of that mix. And there's no way you can see it coming. I don't care what anybody says. When you hand a guy a check for millions and millions of dollars, is that guy going to continue to work hard? Is that guy going to just take it to the bank? Is he going to change his whole attitude? Does he have something going on off the field that changes? I mean, Telvin, to me, is the greatest example. Somewhere along the way, Telvin Smith went from one of the most passionate players I've ever witnessed play the football game, the love to play the football game, to not wanting to play the football game. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you predict that? Yep. That's the tough part of it. That's where luck comes into play a little bit. Yep. But you also can't welcome some of that stuff if there's any history of it. Without a doubt, man. It's like I said, you're going forward now, you're starting a new chapter, and to me, you don't want to tarnish that new book with some guys that have had some problems in the past. All right, uh, tomorrow, guess what? It's draft day. What do you got? Well, let's get it, man. So uh, we go with more mock drafts. We Mm -hmm. see what your mock draft has to say. We didn't get to the Senior Bowl part of it today. We'll do that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also want a little bit of how much better are the Jacksonville Jaguars going to be on Sunday versus what they are going into the draft tomorrow night? And are the Jags as bad on paper as they're kind of being portrayed to be? So we'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. Get rid of the shock everybody's mock. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you on TV, CBS 47, Fox 30. Thanks for coming in, Scott. Good to see you, Scott. Party on, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.